people, it's your girl, Tasha Ray, and I am the host of Womanhood Decoded. Today, I have a great conversation for you. We're going to get into all types of things, and I just can't wait to get started. Um, I've actually known the guest from afar um, since I was a child. So let me go ahead and just share a little bit about today's guest. So my guest today, her name is Kara. She is a stay-at-home mom, wife, content creator, co-founder of the One Rule Church. She enjoys speaking, writing, singing, dancing, acting, and modeling, as well as staying fit and cuddling up with a good book. She is also a graduate of Wayne State University Law School. Kara has taken an unconventional route towards success and chasing her dreams. She believes that love is the most important thing anyone can aspire to, and walking in your purpose is the key to having a happy and fulfilled life. So welcome to the show, Kara. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be able to talk to you. Like voice to voice, I guess, <laughs> instead of like the messages and stuff. Right, right. And so before we actually get started, I just wanted to, you know, kind of just take the temperature of how we're both feeling. So um, if you could describe how you're feeling right now in two or three adjectives, what would they be? Um, I'd say full, like spiritually full, and jet lagged. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely understand. So with that, let's jump right on in into tonight's conversation. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So where does your story begin? And where are you now as far as your courtship and marriage? Um, so the short version is that my story with my husband begins at a house party <laughs> um, back in 2016. Um, I One of my best guy friends, his name is Wayne. Um, he was having a birthday party in Malibu and I went to college with him. We have a bunch of mutual friends from college. And one of those friends happened to be um, my husband's nephew. He has a sister who's like 20 years older than him. Um, and so him and his nephew are around the same age. Um, and he was living not too far from the house where we were all staying at. Um, and his nephew invited him to the party. And I just found out recently, actually, that his nephew thought that we would actually hit it off. And that's why he invited him. I did not know that at the time. Um, and so it was apparently a bit of a setup. Um, but he walked in and we kind of like locked eyes immediately. Um, and we started talking and... I found out that he, I was raised Seventh-day Adventist. He was also raised Seventh-day Adventist Christian. We both went to Seventh-day Adventist colleges and kind of finding that out up front got the conversation flowing. Um, and we ended up talking for like three hours. And then I went and hung out with the rest of the group for an hour or two. And then we hung out. I went over to his house and we hung out some more. Just hung out. Mm -hmm. Nothing exciting besides talking happened that evening. Um, but we stayed up all night just talking. Um, and I was actually living in Detroit at the time and I went home and we stayed in touch and the rest is history. <laughs> uh, we're married now and I live in LA with him and our son and stuff is good. 
That is a beautiful story. So how long have you all been married? We've been married almost two years. We got married September 1st, 2019. So it's we're about a month and a half shy of our two-year anniversary. Oh, well, happy anniversary. Thank you. And then your son is just about two? He's just about three. Oh, okay. Because We actually got married on his birthday. Oh. <laughs> on his first birthday. Oh, that is so sweet and special. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So um, when it comes to your process in creating the life that you want as it pertains to your health, can you tell me a little about, about that journey? Um, I think... I guess just generally speaking, and you can, I get, I guess, get more specific if I'm not specific enough. Um, I think that my approach has always been getting like my internal, emotional, mental, and like spiritual health together. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I'm mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy, my physical health usually follows suit. Um, and so if things are not right physically, it's usually because... I'm off off kilter internally in some way. Um, And so just kind of maintaining that stuff is really important. I've been, I think, focusing most heavily on my mental health this year. Um, And so I've seen a shift in my physical health. I think probably the most significant shift in my physical health since before I even met Jack. Um, this year I've been experiencing that. Um, and it's because I've been focusing so heavily on my mental health. So yeah, I think focusing internally is really important because if you're internally healthy, then I think everything else follows suit. So what made or brought that about as far as you choosing to prioritize your mental health? Was it just the state of the world because of COVID or was there some other, um, I guess you could say spark that started that journey? COVID, I think, had an impact on it um, just because I started to think about it a little bit more last year just because, you know, it's quarantine. All three of us were stuck in a one-bedroom apartment at the time. Um, And, you know, it was just stressful, I think, for my husband and I because it was just the two of us with our son. You know, we had no help. And even if we had family living in the area, it would have been difficult to interact much because of COVID. So that kind of like, I think, pushed some things that we had been able to kind of brush over and ignore to the surface. And so that was what kind of like initially brought it to my attention. Um, But short version, I actually had some suspicions that I might have ADHD. Um, This was several years ago when I was in law school. And I tried to get a diagnosis at that time, but because I had not been diagnosed as a child, the person that I went to to do the evaluation didn't want to diagnose me as an adult. Um, But then also because of COVID, I think people have been talking a lot more openly about mental health and the importance of it. And so I just was seeing things on Twitter about Black women and just like our mental health overall being misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed because of a lot of different factors. Um, And so for me, that was kind of like the catalyst in going to get a second opinion. Um, and I can say that I am now on medication that helps treat 
major depressive disorder and ADHD. And I do feel a lot better. Um, And I've also been um, more intentional about getting like sleep and um, exercising and eating healthy and all of that stuff, because it's not, you know, medication is not like a a fix all, you know, it, it can deal with things like imbalanced brain chemistry and other stuff that contributes to mental health disorders, which is something that I deal with. Um, But it's not something that fixes everything by itself. There's other stuff that you have to do outside of that um, for holistic health and wellness. And so it's, you know, just kind of forced me to be more intentional than I had been um, about that stuff. So. Wow. Well, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. I feel like a lot of my listeners, uh, your story as it pertains to that aspect in particular will really resonate, Um, especially like you said, in our community as women of color. um, Oftentimes we carry everything and Mm -hmm. talk about nothing. So um, seeing that shift happen, you know, kind of like on a societal level and then now seeing how it is shifting on um, personal level. I just think that um, your self-awareness was just so astute to know that, you know what, I need to actually seek help outside of myself or outside of, you know, being that we were brought up um, Seventh-day Adventist and in a Christian Um, environment, sometimes, you know, we kind of always say, well, just pray about it. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, um, that will be the solution for everything. And and I'm saying that, you know, prayer doesn't have its place, but I feel that, you know, um, utilizing the tools that we have um, in our society And then coupling that with whatever form of connection to spirit or to God or whatever you want to use as far as a higher power, um, I just feel that it's important to be able to distinguish when we do need to look outside of maybe traditional or what is thought of as traditional means. So I'm super proud of you and excited. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I just have to share with the listeners that, listen, um, I know that this is just an audio podcast, but when I post this, you will also see Kara's beautiful face and her lovely (laughs) thick head of hair and her beautiful smile. And listen, her physique has gone on a whole other level. Oh, stop it. On Instagram, I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I didn't eat that extra whatever. No. (laughs) Because one of my things that I struggle with is portion control. Mm. Um, I typically eat things that are healthy. Um, I don't really eat processed foods. Everything that I have in the house is typically um, uh, organic. So I'm very intentional about only bringing positive things into the house. But Mm -hmm. as I said, I struggle with portions. And then I also Mm. struggle with eating at the wrong time of day. Because, Mm. you know, as a mom, I guess you could say a new mom. I'm really focused on just making sure that, you know, my daughter- You eat it all. Right, is taken (laughs) care of. And it's like, when I think that it's time to eat, it's like, that's when my body is basically legit about to shut down. Mm -hmm. And that's when I overdo it. And it's typically later at night. So in the morning, I start my day with a protein shake. So that's, I guess, a good start. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere in the afternoon when I should be eating a second and or bigger meal, because of work and everything, I haven't 
quite found my sweet spot as far as making sure that I eat my second meal at the right time of day. Because I feel like if I could just get that under control, I feel like that would make such a huge difference. Mm. So when it comes to um, motherhood and your particular journey, because I feel like I ask my guests um, that come onto my podcast about their journey, because I feel like we each have a different story. Right. And so when it comes to your experience, do you feel that there are any misconceptions about motherhood that are harmful? I think there are a lot of misconceptions about motherhood that are harmful. Um, And I think all of it, I guess, kind of boils down to there being some kind of preconceived notion about what motherhood is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I think all women kind of going into it and it's like, you can't help it. Right. Like there's so many, there's so much messaging around you from like the women in your family to like what you see on TV to what you see on social media and you know, what moms on there are posting about, you know, what they do on a day-to-day basis, YouTube, all of that stuff. Um, And so I think especially for new moms, it's hard to go into motherhood with an open mind because there's already so much that you've been programmed to think that you're supposed to do. Um, and you have this idea of what a quote unquote good mom looks like. Um, and so I think more so than anything else, I think it's really important to just be kind to yourself because no one is perfect. And as much as people, you know, post things or, you know, put their best foot forward in front of other people, like you don't have any idea what is going on behind closed doors with people. And, you know, there's all kinds of horror stories we know, you know, with stuff so like you can never judge a book by its cover and so like comparing yourself doing all that stuff can be so damaging and I think it's really important just to you know I think be intentional about doing the best that you can if you know that you're not giving your best um and there's something that you could be doing better um and especially if there's a reason why like postpartum is a really big thing I think a lot of women feel like they're just supposed to snap back power through you know, and just get back to like being a hundred percent. And especially if you don't have a lot of help, that is so much easier said than done. And I think, you know, I just think it's a ton of unrealistic expectations and you beat yourself up for not living up to all of it. Um, And you can't do that. Like, you know, as long as your child, for me, what I tell myself is that as long as my son is fed, he's healthy, he knows that he is loved, he's learning and he's developing and he's growing, you know, mistakes are inevitable. Like I'm never going to be able to do a hundred percent of everything perfectly correctly. Um, but as long as, you know, I'm doing the best that I can and I'm taking responsibility when I do fall short and he sees me taking responsibility and I'm doing the best that I can to make sure that he's, you know, a kind, loving, well-adjusted human being. Um, then for me, I feel like, you know, anything above that is, you know, just icing on the cake and, I'm a perfectionist. I, you know, the first person to have a perfect complex and beat myself up. And so, you know, I'm not saying this, you know, like it's an easy thing to do, but it's something that I have to like force myself to, you just think about it. Remember, like, you know, there is no perfect way to parent. Um, And even people who quote unquote do everything right, you know, still sometimes end up with like horrible children. (laughs) And so like, you can't, you know, like you can't, and I mean like children who are horrible people, if that makes sense. And so like, you can't, you know, you can't even worry about all that stuff. Like you can only do the best that you can um, with the responsibility that you've been given. 
And I think if you know that you've done the best that you can, you know, under whatever circumstances you're dealing with, um, you should be able to hold your, your head high at the end of the day. Um, and if you're not able to give your best for whatever reason, that's where that mental health piece or, you know, whatever other healing piece may need to be a part of your journey um, in order for you to be able to give your best. Like for me, I knew I wasn't giving 100% of what I knew I could give. And that was also a catalyst, not just for uh, my son, but for my husband as well, wanting to be able to be the best version of myself for the people that I love. And so I took the steps that I needed to take and I'm still and am still taking those steps to um, be able to do that. And so, you know, it's just the little things that you do every day that add up being kind to yourself, taking care of yourself when you need to, um, and not comparing yourself to other people doing the best that you can in your situation as the person you are with the people around you. Wow, so many gems. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm just so impressed by, like I said, your self-awareness and just your willingness to be transparent. I feel that a lot of us would just do so much better as a community um, if we would kind of have more real conversations like this, because mm -hmm. oftentimes um, what you see is not necessarily an accurate depiction of what someone might be dealing with. So, right. Um, I feel that, you know, just having opportunities to have what I guess um, the, our previous generation would call, I guess, fireside chats or, mm -hmm. you know, hey, girl, hey, you know, right. <laughs> conversations. I feel like it's just so needed. So, yeah, and I'm just so happy to have you on my podcast. And it's awesome that you have this platform for women to be able to come and, you know, share their stories and you know, kind of, I think, dispel the myth of it being, you know, this sunshine and roses and everything is perfect, right. <laughs> you know, kind of thing, being able to keep it real um, and talk about the good and the bad, because I think I see a lot of that, too, though, like people who, you know, either are moms and have had negative experiences. And so they kind of, you know, maybe publicly dwell on that. And it's discouraging uh -huh. to other people or people who have not had kids who, you know, have a negative mindset about it because of what they've heard from other people. Um, I think it's important, you know, to talk about the realistic side of things and, and to be really practical and pragmatic, but to also talk about the good stuff. Um, because I think for me, being a mom or becoming a mom has been one of the best things, if not the best thing to ever happen to me, because yeah. I've experienced so much growth in such a very short period of time. And I don't know that it would have played out the same way without having my son. And so I, for one, am just super grateful for, you know, the opportunity to be his mom and everything that I've learned and everything that it has, has brought out of me and healed in me. Um, and so, you know, for people who may be feeling discouraged if they have children or who don't have children yet and they're like oh absolutely not because right. of what you heard from other people um it is a really rewarding experience and it's you know it's really what you make it like you can't you can't allow what someone else does or says or thinks to dictate your perception of your life and i think you know you're asking me about you know how i go about building the life that i want and a lot of it is is mind over matter mm -hmm. it's perception and how i view my circumstances and you know what i do with adversity 
when it comes into my space? Do I let it break me or do I see it, you know, as a lesson and an opportunity to become a better version of myself? If something bad is happening, what is it revealing to myself about me? Mm. And what can I do so that this cycle doesn't keep repeating itself, especially now because I have so much more to lose when it was just me. Like I could be destructive. I could be, you know, whatever. And it was more or less only hurting me. But if I'm not at my best now, it impacts more than just me. And so my motivation to be the best version of myself is for more than just me. Like, obviously I want to be the best version of myself, but my husband and my son need me to be the best version of myself. And so there's that much more motivation um, and that much more, I think, opportunity to step outside of myself and, and to, you know, learn the lessons that I need to learn so that I can, you know, be in a good space for them. Right. And I feel like you've kind of touched on this, but do you have anything uh, specifically that you do as far as a specific practice when it comes to protecting your peace with all that's going on in the world? Um, I don't know that I have like a particular practice okay. as much as I think I just kind of problem solve as things happen. Okay. <laughs> um, that's I think that's the kind of person I am. It's less like... Um, maybe like preventative I do some preventative measures but I think it's more so like trying not to borrow trouble until I have it and then if something does come up you know just being practical in problem solving and you know being honest with myself like you know if there's if I'm scrolling social media too much then I need to delete my apps if I'm you know following somebody even if that person is you know an amazing person but it's making me feel insecure and negative things you know not even necessarily unfollowing them but just muting them from my feed so that I'm not feeling negative energy and I'm not putting that negative energy on them or anybody else um uh you know not engaging with certain people um setting boundaries like I've lost I lost one particular friendship during the pandemic that you know kind of hurt my feelings a little bit but um you know I just kind of came to realize that you know I wasn't setting the right boundaries um in my relationships and I was looking outside of myself for things that I should have been looking for within myself and if I had been looking for those things within myself. And if I had been in a healthy mental space, I probably would not have, the relationship probably wouldn't have developed in the way that it did in the first place um, for it to be able to even get to an unhealthy place. Um, so there's a lot of that too. I think if, you know, there's stuff that you can do in terms of like blocking out external um, negativity. But I think the biggest part about protecting your peace is kind of looking at yourself and seeing what things you may be doing or what practices you may be engaging in that are causing disruptions. Because um, I think nine times out of 10, it's less about something or someone else being a disruption and more about us allowing, you know, things to be disruptions for one reason or another. And I think if you do the work within yourself to heal whatever within you is allowing things into your space, that disrupt your peace, um, yeah. you know, it, I think obviously it, it helps get rid of the, the things that are disrupting your peace, but it also, I think, keeps things into perspective because you can't control anybody else. And so kind of like outwardly projecting that as being somebody else's responsibility to like respect your peace yeah. um, or, or something else, looking at other things or other people to not be a disruption as opposed to, you know, taking back your power and recognizing that it's, it's, on you. Right.
to to control what you do and what comes in and out of your space um and you know like just i think like taking ownership of that um it helps you be more effective in protecting your peace and it helps you have a better i guess outlook on the people and things around you because it you know i think it kind of forces you to not be negative right about other people and other things because at the end of the day it's not them if they're in your space being a disruption it's because you're letting them wow and so you know you got to take that responsibility um and hold yourself accountable and when you do that um i think you're just a better happier person overall in my opinion at least that's what works for me well, that makes a lot of sense. And if we could just dig up just a little bit deeper when it comes to social media, because I feel like never before in our society's history has there been a medium that has been so impactful on a generation. And so um, in speaking about social media, there has been a lot of, I guess you could say, controversial messaging around body positivity and what that means as far as womanhood and then also the intersection of motherhood. And so um, I guess my question is just thinking about just the phrase body positivity. Um, do you feel that one should prioritize how they view themselves over their actual health? Or do you think that it's more important to focus on one's physical health than how one might think one looks, if that makes any sense? Um, I think that's kind of a tricky question right. because I think if you look good, you feel good. Or if you think you look good, you feel good, right? Uh -huh. um, and so I definitely think that there is an element of you know, feeling good about, you know, do kind of, I think that there is some value, I should say, in doing what makes you feel good about yourself uh -huh. um, and investing in your, you know, physical appearance in one way or another. Um, but I don't think that it should be at the expense of your health. Uh -huh. um, and I think for me, body positivity is just about, you know, embracing who you are and what you have. Like uh -huh. for me being, I'm very thin um, and being thin, you know, for some people may, they may look at me and be like, oh, like you're so lucky, whatever else, but it's actually an insecurity <laughs> um, because when I was growing up, I was really small. Mm -hmm. Like I was short, I was like a stick skinny and I hit puberty super late because I did sports, I did gymnastics when I was younger. Um, and so I just kind of was like late and I was a vegetarian my entire life up until the age of 18. And so getting you know I was just kind of like behind the curve uh -huh. in my development and I got teased unmercifully or mercilessly I should say um in high school and you know even in college like I went to an HBCU in the south and you know it was like I dated a guy who liked thick girls and he told me like and you know it's like I'm 30 years old and I still remember this like you know, I usually date girls who are, you know, thick, but you have a pretty face. And so, you know, <laughs> and like he would get like really on me and we were young. So like, you know, 
this is nothing against him. I have no ill feelings towards him. Like we were both young. Um, but you know, he would have a thing about like the kind of jeans I wore because some of the jeans I had like made my butt look smaller. Um, and so just like stuff like that, I've always, you know, just been really self-conscious about how small I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me where other people are like, Oh, I need to lose 10 pounds. I'm like, if I could gain 10 pounds, and like gain it in the right place, that would be ideal. Like, can I just like get a little bit, just a little bit of something, some kind of curve, whatever else. Um, and so my fitness journey has really been about, you know, kind of just embracing my body for what it is. Um, because, and, and pregnancy actually really helped me with that because, okay. you know, like, <laughs> so like, you know, you get, you get pregnant, you get bigger, you gain weight. Um, I guess for most people that's the case. But for me, I actually got really, really skinny. Um, and I lost all of my muscle mass for the most part throughout my entire body. Um, and so it was like I was super stick skinny with like my arms and legs, but my waist had expanded. And so I had, you know, kind of like an even more kind of boxy boyish figure. I was really small and it really made me appreciate just what I looked like before I got pregnant, mm -hmm. which wasn't super curvy. It wasn't, you know, the most bodacious body or whatever. I'm not like some Instagram hottie <laughs> or anything. Like I'm not in anybody's music video anytime soon, but <laughs> I was strong. There was a lot of stuff, you know, like gymnastics wise and stuff that I could still do even in my twenties. Um, I could play basketball. And so just like missing the feeling of being able to be strong and do you know, have my body do the physical things that I was used to being able to do. Um, I was like, if I can just get back to that, then I'll be happy right. because like the other stuff is unrealistic and that's fine. Um, but I just want to get to a place where I feel strong again. And so to be in a place now where I do feel strong again and I can, you know, I can do everything that I used to be able to do, uh, but I can still do some stuff. Um, and I think I'm in better shape now just in terms of like aesthetics than I was before I even started dating my husband. And I was, you know, 25, 26 years old at the time. So um, I feel I just feel better. And it's not I didn't get here by, you know, pushing myself to be something I'm not. I got here by pushing myself just to be the best version of me. And so I think whatever you look like, um, if you are a girl who is you know, maybe like you're just naturally bigger and you're not going to be a stick skinny model. Like that's just not who you are. Like embrace that. And, you know, if you have dark skin, wear bright colors, you know, be bold and beautiful. If you have kinky hair, wear your fro, like whatever you look like, whatever you have going on, like enhance it. And, you know, and that's why I think like the outward appearance stuff to that extent does matter a little bit because, you know, if you, are feeling, you know, like you're frumpy, mm -hmm. right? Like if you feel frumpy and you don't feel sexy, you don't feel good about yourself, then that's gonna, you know, show. Mm -hmm. But if you are embracing yourself and you're taking ownership of who you are and saying like, no, like I'm beautiful and I'm amazing exactly the way that I am, irrespective of what society says, irrespective of what anybody else may say or think about me or girls who look like me, like I believe in myself and I know that I'm the baddest, you know, be out there and you know I don't care what anybody says like you know that's gonna show and and I think that you should wear what you want to wear 
you know, put your makeup on, however that looks and feels good for you. Do your hair however you want to do it. And whatever, whatever looks and feels good, whatever looks and feels like you, wear it and own it. And that that confidence and, you know, just a sparkle, I think that comes from a woman who, you know, is just taking ownership of herself and doesn't care what anyone thinks. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's what makes someone truly sexy mm-hmm. and truly beautiful. And so for me, that's what body positivity is. And I know so many girls of all different shapes, colors, sizes who take ownership of themselves. And those are the girls that inspire me the most. Like I will shout out my friend Lindsay. She was um we this is like a (laughs) this is like a a pandemic connection we knew each other from college but um she you know kind of got me during the pandemic like to wear lingerie and take pictures of myself and share with a couple of girlfriends her and a couple of girlfriends you know not putting it out there for anybody else's consumption but just like for us to like say to ourselves like no like I feel good in this and to have other women you know who don't look like you affirming you and saying like girl no like you're rocking it like mm-hmm. we were giving each other suggestions or whatever I think I had said to her like yellow I think yellow look good on her and she had died some like died this one thing yellow and when I tell you like <laughs> her skin because she's like really like a beautiful deep brown the yellow on her skin oh my god like <laughs> the most beautiful thing like it's still a whole vibe yes like it still gives me chills to think about it like just yes like she completely killed it and I told her recently she had commented on something I posted because I was talking about you know just like being happy and I was able to like happy about myself and feeling good about myself and she said like I'm happy to see you you know happy and feeling good in your skin and I'm like you know thank you for being you know just pouring into me and being a part of that journey you know and and I think that that's what we as women should be there for each other to do like you know you never know what the next woman thinks or feels about herself um and if you can feel confident enough in yourself to be able to pour into the next person and say like you're beautiful um you don't know what kind of impact that could have no matter what you think that person thinks about herself um And so, yeah, like I've just had some really great experiences with women, I think in the last year, um, pouring into me and encouraging me to, you know, embrace myself and feel confident in my skin. And so, you know, I just, you know, hope to be able to continue to pay that forward uh, for other people and, you know, taking ownership of myself and encouraging them to do the same. Well, I have to say. Um, just seeing the transformation, I would say in the last, I would say six months. And when I say transformation, I use that word, um, I guess not to the hugest extent because I mean, you've always been gorgeous, but what I feel like is I feel like you can see an inner spark of happiness in your eye and just the way in which that you're posing and that the clothing that you're picking, I feel like it is kind of waking up other aspects of your personality and it's just everything and so good to see. Thank you. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to give out. So I'm glad that that's apparent because I'm having so much fun. It really is just like, you know, I'm having so much fun with clothes and, you know, hair and fashion and because that was never something that I even gave that much time and energy to earlier on in my life and then by the time Mm -hmm. I did you know I guess kind of like 
care more. It was more so because I didn't want other people to like make fun of me <laughs> for how I was dressing or whatever else. And not because, you know, I was really feeling confident enough to express myself. And so this is really the first time where I felt, you know, just like I can be, I'm free and I can be myself and whatever feels good and looks good, you know, like for me, like I feel confident enough to rock that and, you know, like I'm expressing myself. That's really just what it is. And I'm having so much fun just expressing myself for the first time. Um, and I really don't care. It's like, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks about it. <laughs> you know, like it's, if I like it, I will post it. If I don't like it, then I won't. Um, and if people like it, great. If they don't, okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I like it. Um, and that's really, you know, the long and short of it. And that's why I would encourage anybody else. It's just like, it, it's what feels like you. And that's why, and all of this goes back to that, you know, that inner work. If you're doing the work to be in a good mental, emotional, and spiritual space, then I think everything else on the outside literally just flows from that. And so me being a good, in a good spiritual, mental, and emotional, and emotional space is, um, my creative juices are flowing and I'm, like I said, I'm full and I just have, you know, I have so much more to give so much more that's coming and I'm so excited. I'm so excited to keep, you know, keep down this road and put some stuff out there. I have some, some fire coming for my birthday month. So amazing and I'm super excited to see what you are going to share but if I could ask you um, as a married woman when it comes to self-expression and just in general like your pursuit of fitness do you feel like either of those have impacted your marriage either positively or negatively I would say positively Um, my husband has always been, he's like a very confident person. And that's something that really drew me to him in the beginning. Um, just his self-assurance and like, you know, flaws and all, like I am who I am. And I know that I am somebody in, you know, any room that I step into, I can make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like just, and to see that like at work, like that's just facts. Like he can charm his way into, into or out of any situation. Like he is amazing at that. Um, and so I think for him, if anything, it was like, you know, why are you feeling insecure? Why do you, you know, put yourself down or, you know, not believe in yourself? Mm. Um, and so I think for him to see me, you know, feeling good about myself and not because I'm looking for him or anybody else to do that for me, but because I'm pouring into myself and, you know, getting to that space for myself. Um, I think for him, you know, it's, he's just happy to see it and he's not, you know, threatened by it at all. And for me, that was always a big thing. Like, cause I've always been kind of a big personality, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and so even when we were dating and stuff, it was like, I'm going to just be myself and, you know, see what he does with it. And he was never, you know, he's never had an issue with me being as me, I guess. Yes. (laughs) As me as I can possibly be. Um, and that was, you know, kind of a big thing. Like people, you know, sometimes, you know, ask like, Oh, you're married or you're a mom. And like, so how do you have a bikini pick on? And it's like, cause I wear bikinis 
to the beach and to the swimming pool. Like I don't understand <laughs> the question. And for me too, it's like my I want my social media to be an extension of myself. And so it's like I have a church. Um, you know, I preach and do all this stuff, but I don't want my social media persona, I guess, or my brand, whatever you want to call it, to be something different than the person that I am at the grocery store or, you know, when I'm out with my son on a Tuesday. And I don't want anybody who sees me on social media to ever see me in person when I'm not quote unquote on and be like, what the heck like who are you <laughs> and like this is not you know the car that I see on social media um and so I want that's why I don't have a problem being transparent because it's like if people are going to see me anywhere I want the person that they see to be consistent um and you know I think when you're again like I said walking in purpose and you know being the person that you know God put you here to be um then there is no need to be anything else at any time, like no matter what scenario in or who you're with, you should be that person at all times. Um, and so, you know, if my husband wanted me to be someone else, <laughs> you know, at home than I am at any other time, then he probably, you know, would have married someone else. <laughs> right. Well, I'm here for that. And it's just so inspiring to see and to hear, especially, you know, for our current generation. So I always when I'm speaking to someone that's married, I take the opportunity to ask a question that I feel like other listeners might want to also know, um, because being that we are all on various different paths, you can definitely speak to marriage in a way that a single person cannot. Mm -hmm. so just hearing about your experience and just hearing how supportive and uplifting and affirming um, your husband is, it just sounds like such a beautiful partnership. And it's just, like I said, inspiring and wonderful to hear. Thank you. I'm, you know, and again, I don't want it to sound like this is all, again, sunshine and roses. We definitely have our problems. Nothing is perfect. So please don't anyone listen to this and be like, oh, like her life is perfect. Like, absolutely not. We have our problems. But that just for me was a really big thing. I, I you know, grew up in a home where like my dad was always, you know, pushing me even not just like encouraging me, but pushing me to be as much of myself you know, as, as I can be and to not shrink and to not be less of what I am to make other people comfortable because that's the kind of person he is. And so there just was no way that I could be in a relationship with a man who didn't at least have that as like a bottom line because it, it just wasn't going to work. And so for any women out there who, you know, may be single and are looking, you know, if a man needs you to be something other than what you are or less than what you are in order for him to feel like a man or to feel comfortable or confident or whatever else, like you got to shrink It's I promise you it's not worth it because it's not sustainable. There's going to come a time and maybe years and years down the line, but there's going to come a time where you're either going to bust out of that and it's going to cause problems or you're going to, you know, spend your whole life being something you're not. And then you're going to get to your, to the end of your life and regret that you, you know, wasted all that time with someone who didn't love you enough to, to love you for, for who you were. Um, so yeah. Don't be in relationships or marry people who need you to be something you're not for them to be okay. Don't do it. Well, I feel like that's a whole drop the mic moment. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, just let that sink in for a second before we even move on. Like, yeah, that was definitely needed advice and insight. So I'm definitely appreciative. 
No problem. So at this stage of your life, how would you define happiness? Um, I think happiness is just being at peace. Hmm. Um, I know when I'm out of alignment with myself, I just don't have peace. Um, and like it, like it literally just doesn't sit right in my spirit when I'm not walking in my purpose or I'm not being true to myself. Um, and so happiness is just that feeling when I know that everything is like working the way that it should be. And I'm, you know, I call it being in God's pocket and it's just like this sweet spot where like, you know, I'm just like, I know I'm in there. Um, and everything is, is flowing the way that it should be even, and that doesn't mean that there's no adversity um, or that bad things don't happen, but you know, there, it's just like being the eye of the storm. It feels like being the eye of the storm. Um, and so that for me is happiness because I know that if I'm in that spot, then, you know, whatever happens or whatever life throws at me, I know I can handle it um, and be okay. And it doesn't have to be a disruption to me and what I have going on because I'm the eye. I'm the I'm the peace in the midst of disruption. So um yeah, that for me is what happiness is. Well, I have to say that actually does sound like happiness. So I'm so <laughs> grateful that you have shared that. So do you happen to have um a life lesson that you wish somebody could have given you the cheat code to so you didn't have to learn it the quote unquote hard way? Mm, there's a few of those, but if I had to pick one, um, this might sound cliche, but I think it probably, any other life lessons that I've learned kind of all go back to this, but it's, it's literally just not being afraid to be yourself mm -hmm. and to be yourself at every stage of the journey. Um, and to take ownership of the fact that that is going to be gross and ugly and dysfunctional and problematic and maybe even toxic at times. Um, but you can't get past the darkness too light if you don't deal with the darkness. Mm -hmm. So many people have like a fake facade of light mm -hmm. um, and, and it's hiding or they're trying to hide all of this, you know, underlying stuff. Um, and, you know, they think that as long as they're pretending to be light and love and happy and whatever else that, you know, they're doing fine, but that's just not reality. Um, and so if I had had someone tell me like, it's okay to not be good, it's okay, like to not be good in the sense of like, you're doing good things. It's okay to be, you know, what you feel like is a bad person. It's okay to, you know, you know, make mistakes and to be reckless and to do, you know, what feels like, you know, something you need to get out or whatever else. Um, not because those things are good, but because you have to confront them in order to be able to overcome them. And I never would have gotten to the place that I am today if I did not take time to sit in the darkness that I was trying to deny was there. Because sitting in it, I saw just how uncomfortable I was in that space. And that was what propelled me to finding my peace and finding my happiness and finding my purpose. I never would have gotten here if I had not been able to just be real with myself about myself. And I didn't think that it was okay to do that. Um, and I really, you know, kind of 
not stumbled my way into it, but it was, I, I think I'm one of those, I think some people are good at faking it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just not a person who can fake it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was kind of forced to confront myself, um, even though I didn't want to. And, you know, I remember praying and telling God, like, I hate myself. And why, why did you make me this way? Like, why, why am I this person, you know, with these issues and, you know, all this, you know, stuff that I have to deal with. Um, and it was just like, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Are you going to lay in bed and cry about it? Or are you going to do something about it? Yeah. And, you know, I made the decision to make some changes because I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like being in a place of spiritual unrest and unhealthiness and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, you know, make the changes and I'm still making changes, you know, life I think it's you're ever evolving and it's never so much that you just arrive to a place where you don't have any faults. I think it's this, you know, evolution of things being revealed. Um, but getting through that initial, I think, point of like deep darkness helps you better navigate the stuff that you don't so much like about yourself or that you need to deal with um, as you move forward. And it helps you to not, you know, beat yourself up for it. Like, you know, if I'm acting insecure and looking outside of myself, to other people for things that I should be looking for within myself, for example, like, you know, it's not something to beat myself up for, you know, being insecure is not ideal, but you know, it's like, okay, it is what it is. What do we do differently to actually address whatever wounds are within you that are causing you to feel insecure and causing you to look outside of yourself for validation. Um, And then you do that. And then you just don't feel so insecure anymore. Um, And then you start to do things that make you feel better about yourself and build confidence. And then you start feeling more confident and the insecurity shrinks less and less until it's not there anymore. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's just easier to navigate life now that I took ownership of who I was good, bad, and ugly. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would tell people to do. Wow. Again, so many gems. It's really great because a lot of the times I find myself in conversations, not necessarily recently, but like in general, when I'm speaking to someone, sometimes in my mind, I'm thinking like, is this really what they really think? And so (laughs) just hearing your thought processes and um, the ways in which you have um, found beneficial to navigate some of the challenges that you have faced and how you have come out so triumphantly on the other side of it. It's just, I can't really find any other word that um, encompasses all that to just, other than to say that it's just inspiring. And it's um, just amazing to see, like I said, the, um, the realness and the transparency because like you um, shared earlier you know i feel like in this conversation you've shared some of your highs some of your lows and then how you've gotten to either point and how you've navigated through those dark spaces so i feel like um our listeners will definitely benefit and will relate to your journey so i'm just so grateful and thankful you know for this opportunity to speak with you Oh, well, I'm glad to, you know, have any opportunity to share. Um, I'm, I try to be as much of an open book as I can be, um, just because I think, you know, especially from like a spiritual standpoint, because I, you know, I'm a spiritual leader in a sense. Um, I don't think you can lead 
effectively without transparency and authenticity because like how can I tell somebody to walk a path and I'm too afraid to walk myself you know Mm -hmm. um and so you know it's like if I've had to bump my head and you know deal with some failures and mistakes in order to make somebody else's journey easier even in the sense that like you know maybe it's just making them feel less alone um you know it's my responsibility I think to share that um and to not keep it to myself um so I'm grateful and just to have the opportunity to share and to let people know that they're not alone wow oh that's a lot to take in (laughs) I'm not trying to be heavy I promise well I'm this. you hear me I am here for it with all of the love and the frills that you see um, you know, just in a day, it's nice to be able to just have a conversation and just have moments of, you know what, I don't really feel like moving to the next question. It's just like, let's sit with that for a moment. Let that. Breathe. Yeah. No, it, it's necessary. And, and I think, you know, when we are not afraid to just be ourselves, it, it liberates other people. And I think true love and community and connection comes from, you know, as as feeling safe, being vulnerable with each other and being honest with with each other about who we are and what we're going through. Um, and that's the, those are the kinds of connections that I want with people. Um, and so if I can, I feel like if I can do anything on the front end of that to, um, you know, facilitate those kinds of connections, then I try to. And I think, you know, it's easy to like, look at someone on social media and be like, oh, you know, she looks like this, or, you know, she says X, Y, and Z, and, you know, her little family is whatever. Um, And so if I have the opportunity to like talk, (laughs) you know, and like put a story and, you know, an actual personality to, um, you know, the pictures or the short clips, and, and glimpses that people get into my life, then um, I embrace the opportunity to do that because I think we're all multifaceted mm-hmm. and we should be, I think, trying to show as much of ourselves as we can safely, you know, obviously, because not everyone is is a good person and some people may prey on your downfall or be haters or whatever else, or but, um, you know, to the extent that you can safely share, um, I think you should. I think it's good. Well, that is what I endeavor to do with Womanhood Decoded. I want it to be a safe place where we can have real conversations about real things. And I feel like this conversation has definitely met that criteria. So I'm just so excited. And I feel like I can adopt your word um, or adjective for how you felt, because I am feeling absolutely full after having the conversation that we have had tonight. Yay, I'm so glad. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Right? Well, um, before we wrap up, I did have um, two other things that I, I guess, housekeeping things that I wanted to cover before we brought um, this episode to an end. So one of them is, so when it comes to the intersections of self-expression, motherhood, and marriage, is there anything that you feel like in those roles Um, that there can ever be a conflict between them? Or do you feel like they all seamlessly are cohesive and work as a unit? Um, I think it depends on the person. I think ideally it should be seamless Mm -hmm. because, like I said, I don't think that you should be someone you're not Mm -hmm. in any of those arenas. Um, But, you know, everybody's relationships are different. 
every person is different. Um, and so what may feel like, you know, an okay expression for me may feel like it is oversharing to the max to the next person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the compass for that is more so what feels comfortable for you, Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I have to be myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, that, and that, carries over into motherhood good and bad that carries over into marriage good and bad um and so I'm not you know I don't feel like I need to act like it doesn't I guess like like I don't feel like I need to pretend um but you know other people don't if someone else doesn't feel comfortable doing that then I don't think that there's any judgment there I think it's just a matter of doing what feels comfortable for you and for me like I express what I express and you know, I don't feel any way about it. And I don't think my family does either, at least not right now. If Judah gets older and is like, mom, don't film me or post this or whatever, then like, you know, obviously I'll respect his wishes. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So finally, um, when it comes to something that you are currently working on, is there anything that you can share? Because earlier you you kind of hinted at something that you're working on, so I don't expect you to share that. But is there something that you are extremely excited about that gets you, you know, so excited to face the day that you're currently working on personally or professionally? Um, so there's a few different things, but I think think the thing that I will share I will share one thing um I so I'm in Michigan right now I live in LA but I'm visiting my parents in Michigan and that is where our church meets in person Um, we don't have an in-person meetup in LA yet but we do have an in-person meetup in Detroit every week on Saturday morning and when I'm in town I usually get to preach for the period of time that I'm here. Okay. Uh, this time it's three weeks. Um, and I had, so our church is a little bit unconventional. Um, it is not religiously affiliated, meaning that there is no specific religion that our church is associated with. It's not, it's whatever the people in the congregation are. So some people are Christian, some people are Seventh-day Adventist, some people are whatever they are. Uh Um, I am an agapist. I'm neither Christian nor any Christian denomination. I believe that love is the highest moral imperative. Uh Um, And that is my, if if there is a religion, mine is that. (laughs) Um, And um, that's like where my, I think in terms of like any sort of dogma or whatever else, like that's kind of where mine begins and ends. Um, And so I have been kind of thinking my comfort zone since we started in 2019 when I speak, just kind of like, because my background is Seventh-day Adventism, just kind of sticking in the Christian space and not kind of like rocking the boat too much. Um, but I've had an idea for a while about a sermon series that kind of incorporates elements from, you know, pop culture, music, movies, stuff like that, um, and does it in a way, you know, that still has spiritual application, but almost kind of shows that, you know, spirituality is not limited to religion. It's not limited to any one group of people or their ideas or anything like that. You can find spiritual applications in just about anything. Um, And I think some of the most profound moments and ideas for me, at least, have been um, in, you know, just like 
I think the humanity of of creative spaces and entertaining and music and, and books and movies and seeing people just kind of embrace the reality of being human mm-hmm. and, and what it means to live on this earth. Um, and so I had had the idea, but wasn't really sure how to like work it into something that I could present in church. And it literally came to me last night. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, like this is something I've had an idea I've had for like at least a year now. And it came together pretty seamlessly last night within about 45 minutes. Wow. Um, and not just, you know, having the idea to do it, but how I can support bringing that into church biblically. Um, and so I'm pretty jazzed about that. I am not going to lie to be able, I, I always have like ideas and stuff about God or whatever else, but there's nothing that I've understood intuitively that I haven't ultimately been able to find in scripture and not just like one verse here or there, but like passages on passages where this is re- these ideas are reiterated over and over and over again, and they just get ignored um, or misinterpreted by people who, you know, don't want us to, to, you know, have freedom and, and to be ourselves. And so I'm excited to be able to share some Bible that can free some people, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, that's something that I'm going to be starting this upcoming Saturday and carrying through the next couple of weeks while I'm here. Wow. Well, that definitely sounds interesting and sounds like something that will be a benefit to not just um, one audience, but, you know, as far as people in general. So I'm definitely. And it will be on YouTube. Sorry. Yes, I'm going to be. Okay. <laughs> I'm preaching it, but it's going to be on YouTube. And um, that can be found through like my Instagram and stuff. So for anyone who wants to check those out, they'll be out there in the interwebs. Okay. So speaking of the interwebs and the internets, um, can you go ahead and share where people can find you on either Instagram, Facebook, or whatever platforms you're on, including YouTube? So all of my platforms, um, I guess the name is Kara, K-A-R-A-M, Young, Y-O-U-N-G. Um, that's my Facebook, the I guess like the title on my Facebook page, title on my Instagram, title on my YouTube, um, and all my branding stuff says that. Um, and my Instagram username is Kara Marie Young, all one word. Um, but my YouTube channel, Facebook, is just Kara M. Young. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for your time and just having this conversation has meant the world to me. That wraps up this episode of Womanhood Decoded. So you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook at Womanhood Decoded Podcast. You can also find us on Clubhouse. So that's the new thing for this week. Um, So I haven't hosted any rooms yet on Clubhouse, but that is soon to come. And until next time, I am your host, Tasha Ray, and I am sending peace, love, and all the good vibes. Until next time.